And then we will dive into the last of our Advent sermons. Let us pray. Our God in heaven, indeed, you are the Lord of glory. All goodness comes from you. We live because of you. And we come now to the word. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to give light and life to each and every person here this morning. That we might walk out of here changed people. This we pray in the mighty name of Christ our King. Amen. I titled the sermon for today, The Unshakable Plan of God. The Unshakable Plan of God. And you may be wondering why. Why did you title this The Unshakable Plan of God? In your bulletin, it says, Revelation 12, 1 to 6, just scratch out the 6 and write 17. The more I thought about this this week, I thought I should have just had the whole chapter in there anyway. So Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 to 17, there Jesus speaks to the Apostle John through an angel. All of Revelation is an unveiling, an unveiling of what God wants John the Apostle to know about God's plan for human history as it pertains to the person and work of Jesus Christ. It is information crucial for God's people. Revelation overall is about the power and the plan of God overcoming the powers of evil and the work of sin through King Jesus. I titled this five-week Advent series, The Gift of Emmanuel, The Gift of Emmanuel, is what I should say. Jesus Christ is Emmanuel. Jesus Christ is God with us. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his only Son. And whoever believes in that Son has, shall not perish, but has eternal life. All around you, people are dying. All around us, people are dying. I've seen a number in my own family this year, and and, and some of you have, and you feel the effects of literal death, but also in looking at the lives of people, they are broken. People are searching for life in places that only yield death. Why are they dying John chapter 3 verse 19 says, and this is the judgment, and this is King Jesus speaking about the state of the world. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people, people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds, their actions, their works, their lives are evil. People loved the darkness rather than the light. People loved the darkness rather than the light. John 3 and verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through 
the Son. Jesus Christ is the gift of God for you, for me, and indeed for the world. Jesus is the gift of God to you, to me, and to the world. Our two passages today teaches us that God has a plan, a plan about all of human history. It is an unshakable plan, which God is, even at this very moment, bringing to pass. And God will bring it to completion according to his own time scale. I have a framework for our, the sermon today. Both Matthew chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 12, they reveal that there is a cosmic battle going on right now. A cosmic battle between good and evil. One is displayed in amazing, cosmic, heavenly imagery. Supernatural imagery. And, and, and the other is displayed in the everyday normal activities and decisions of people. But through both passages, you will see the plan of God at work. The first plan I want you to see, the first display of that plan, is God's plan revealed day to day. Number one, God's plan revealed day to day. And now I'm going to read Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, Herod inquired of them where the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophets, by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For from you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen, when it rose, went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures... They offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, 
they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and he killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time and he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, She refused to be comforted because they, her children, are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother, Mary, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went, and he lived in a city called Nazareth, that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, he shall be called a Nazarene. A quick overall summary of Matthew 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea to Mary and to Joseph. You've heard that a lot this month. You've heard it a lot over the years. That's because it's true. He was conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph would serve as his earthly father. Joseph and Mary, they obediently named the baby boy Jesus, just as they were instructed You remember that I told you that Jesus means he will save his people from their sins. And you do remember what sin is, don't you? Missing the mark of the standard of the glory of God. You do it every day. We're doing it right now. We are not perfect. God is perfect. God made you to be perfect. And yet, because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, we are born into a state of rebellion against the Creator. We hate him. Children are nice and beautiful when they're little, aren't they? And yet they age and demonstrate that their hearts are against the Creator. And we age and grow into men and women, and it is clearly seen that we are against our Creator. Our hearts are turned in a different direction. I want what I want. I don't care what you want. Life is about me. Jesus means he will save his people 
from that, from our sins. Wise men journey from afar to see the king of the Jews who's been born, for they saw his star and they've, they've come to worship, to adore, to cherish, to honor, to bow down to the king of the Jews, to offer him gifts. Well, Herod, the king, he, the current king, he, he doesn't like this. He doesn't want any competition. And he, he takes great measures to prevent this new king from coming to power. He ultimately kills, as you heard, all the male children in the land under the age of two, trying to retain his governing power. Herod attempted to kill the baby Jesus. But God had other plans. Did you hear me? God had other plans. Amen. There are several things I want you to notice in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 23. And the first is this. Notice the fulfillment of prophecy. What is prophecy? Well, prophecy is God's appointed plan. <laughs> Word that he gave to his prophets to speak to his people. In verses 5, 15, 17, and 23, it says in verse 5, For so it was written by the prophet. Verse 15, this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 17, then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. And then in verse 23, that what was, spoke, that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. God's spokesmen, his prophets of the Old Testament, they faithfully obeyed God. They told God's people what the Lord said would happen. Matthew, he's writing, he's writing so that his hearers will go back and read those Old Testament passages that have been there for centuries. They've rehearsed them over and over and over again. And Matthew's writing in his gospel, this biography of the life of King Jesus, it's real. He's here. He's come. Go back and read what God said through Micah in chapter 5. Go back and read what God said through Hosea in chapter 11. Go back and read what God said through the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31. Go back and read throughout the Old Testament the general theme of how the Messiah will be rejected. God's word prevailed. Matthew is saying it has prevailed. It has occurred just as the prophets foretold. In our day and age, that means these scriptures, they're correct. They're right. They're true. They're meant for me and for you. They can indeed be trusted. The second thing I want you to notice here in, chapter, in Matthew chapter 2, the supernatural hand of God. Guiding the life of the baby Jesus. The supernatural hand of God guiding the life of the baby Jesus. In verses 12, 13, 19, and 22, we're given some wonderful information, y'all. 
Herod was trying to kill the baby Jesus. The wise men were warned in a dream. Don't go back to Herod. Go another way. An angel warned Joseph in a dream on three occasions so as to keep Jesus, Mary, and Joseph safe from harm, safe from death. Herod's plan didn't work. (laughs) Jesus lived. Amen? Amen. Herod had a plan. He made decisions. He told people to do X, Y, and Z, seeking to cut off God's plan of redemption, seeking to remove God's gift to me and to you. But God had other plans. God has an unshakable plan. Jesus will save his people from their sins. Amen. Now this moves into the second passage of scripture I've given you in the second framework of the sermon. Number two, God's plan revealed in cosmic warfare. God's plan revealed in cosmic warfare. Hear the word of God from Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to read the whole chapter. And a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun. Let me stop. You always have to have context. The the book of Revelation, it, it means the unveiling. It is the unveiling, um, I'll say this, prophecy. Yes, I'll say it that way. <laughs> of God's plan of salvation. It, it, it is a demonstration of the what's going on from the, the I'll say, uh, from, from creation after the fall, I'll say that away, all the way until the end of time. It's, it's a great display of a war that is raging even now that if you saw it, you would cower in fear, and I would too. John, the apostle of the Lord Jesus, is on the Isle of Patmos. He's he's in exile. People don't want to hear what he's got to say. And there the Lord gives him the revelation. A lot of people call the book Revelations. It's not the name of the book. The name of the book is The Revelation. (laughs) And John is being exposed to amazing information. Information that is supposed to not scare him, but give strength to John and to the church of Jesus throughout the ages of time until Jesus returns. And this is one of those pieces of the revelation given to John in chapter 12. I'll start over. And a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red 
dragon, seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems or crowns. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven, cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she will be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels, or demons, fighting back. But he was defeated. He was defeated, and and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent, who is called the devil, and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. The earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring. On those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus, and he stood on the sea, he stood on the sand of the sea. Notice the characters. Notice the characters. A woman clothed with the sun and a great dragon. The dragon hates the woman. He hates the child that she will bear. The dragon wants to destroy the child directly at birth. A male child is born 
child who is to rule all of the nations, all of the countries of the earth with a rod of iron. That means he's strong. His authority is incredibly strong. The child is a king, a king over all kings. The dragon seeks to destroy the woman and the rest of her offspring. You see Michael and the angels of heaven fighting against the dragon in cosmic warfare. And you see that the dragon does not win. Well, number two, notice the vivid imagery. I had you notice the characters, and now notice the vivid imagery. The woman is clothed with the sun. Now, could you imagine that? Have you, have you I know some of you have, stood in, on, on, yesterday was a sunny day, today it's raining. But to gaze immediately into the sun, even me looking up here in this light, I can't look for too long, it's too bright, bothers my eyes. But it says she's clothed with the sun. She's wearing the sun, in essence. The moon is under her feet and a crown of 12 stars, which are bright. It's on her head. She's radiant. She's shining forth. And it says she's in labor. She's crying out in pain. She's getting ready to give birth. John says she's a sign. She's a sign. A sign that points to a reality. She represents something. Well, what does she represent? She represents the church. She represents the church of the Lord Jesus throughout the ages of time. The the people of God being gathered out of the darkness. The people of God who are becoming a part of Jesus. The word church means the called out ones. God's people. And then we see the dragon. It says he's great and he's red. He's got seven horns and he's got, that's not true. <laughs> He's got seven heads and ten horns, yes. Seven heads and ten horns. On the seven heads, there are seven crowns. He's got a mighty tail, it says, which sweeps away many of the stars of heaven, casting them to the earth. The dragon is a sign. The dragon is a sign. And you know, signs point to something. The dragon is a sign about a reality. The dragon stands in front of the woman, desiring to devour the child as soon as he is born. And and that's an image you see. You can see what the, the picture of that. He literally wants to eat and destroy this child as soon as he is born. He knows that this child is very, very special. The dragon fights against Michael, an archangel. He fights against the other angels in heaven. He's fighting along with his demons against the plan of God. He's got his own plan. He's got his own hopes of what he can achieve. He hates God's creation. He wants to destroy God's creation along with all of his angels. The dragon is Satan, the adversary, 
the accuser, the enemy of all humanity, but especially the enemy of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is indeed the enemy of God. The dragon persistently pursues the woman. He does not want the church, who is the woman, to be strong. He doesn't want her to prevail. The dragon, though, does not win. The dragon does not win. It doesn't always look like that in the world, does it? John shares some incredible news for the battle-weary people of God. This is my third point. God's plan is unshakable. (laughs) God's plan is unshakable. Listen again to Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 to 12. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation, which means deliverance, means rescue. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come down. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Until the end of time, when our king shall return, King Jesus, when he returns to consummate all of time and history, the church of Jesus Christ is, present tense, engaged in holy warfare against the devil and the powers of darkness. That is the reality that you and I live in right now. It is the reality that the church of Christ lives in all over the world, throughout the ages of time, beginning in the garden when our first parents fell, when the devil convinced them that God cannot be trusted, even until now. He is against you. He hates you. He wants your lives to fail. He wants your children to fail. He wants the church to fail, and he'll do whatever he can to get into whatever it is that we're doing to get us distracted, to get our hearts away from Jesus. The struggles you face, the temptations that you endure, the suffering you encounter, the great losses that you experience the rise and fall of empires and nations, the times of great influence by the church throughout world history, the times of darkness and difficulty in world history are all a part of the holy war. This is the grand big picture that you must keep in mind. God's plan is working itself out. And God will prevail. Powers of darkness fight against the plan of God, but God's plan of salvation moves forward undeterred. Hallelujah. King Jesus builds his church in every century of history and time. He is working it out. He's building, he's calling people out of darkness into his glorious light. And how does he do it? By this. 
verse 11, and they've conquered the dragon by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Verse 17 says, then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. And this is what I want you to hear. On those who keep the commandments of God. Hallelujah. And hold to the testimony of Jesus. Why do people deal with hopelessness? Why do Christians deal with hopelessness? Because they're letting go of the word of the testimony. They're separating themselves from the commandments of God, i.e. the word of God. They overcame the dragon by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus and by the word of their testimony, meaning the gospel of Jesus, the good news. King Jesus builds his church through the word of God. The people of God are formed by the word of God. Atonement in 2020, saturate your lives, your personal lives, with the word of God. You have to. Not because I tell you you have to. But your faith will weaken if you do not. Trial and tribulation will occur. Jesus says in the world you're going to have trouble. That's a given. But he gives good news. He says, but be of good cheer. Take heart. Take courage. Rest in this. I have overcome the world. That's the only way you will overcome the world. In your lives, on your jobs, in your marriages, in broken marriages, with children who are all over the place, with people who are against you, with grief and suffering, the only way you're going to get over is through Jesus. Amen. Amen. You don't have to say amen. I know that's the truth. Atonement in 2020, make time to read and meditate on God's word. In 2020 atonement, you will face the holy war of the enemy. You will. But you will triumph through the Lamb. You will triumph through the Lamb. Amen? King Jesus and the Word of God. Jesus Christ will save his people from their sins. Jesus will guide you through this life by his perfect and his precious Word. And I'm going to close with a hymn. I'm not going to sing it. But I'm going to read it because it's good. Martin Luther wrote a hymn called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Think about what it's saying about God. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and his power are great. And armed with cruel hate, on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. You ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name From age to age the same. And he must win the battle. Amen. 
not you, he must win the battle. And though this world with devil's field should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed, hallelujah, his truth to triumph through us. Prince of darkness, grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. You see that if you read to the end of Revelation. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go. Point being, don't have any distractions. This mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. God's kingdom is forever. Thank God for the gift of Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, who is God with us. God's plan is unshakable. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, I thank you for having the plan of salvation. I thank you that you are in absolute control of all of time and history. I thank you, Lord, that you rule I thank you that even through the great devastating things of life, you are real, you are present, and your plan still moves forward. We pray you continue to gather a people from every tribe and tongue and nation. Lord Jesus, exalt your name throughout this generation. We pray, O God, that we'll be faithful to the calling that you've given to us here at Church of the Atonement. We'll promise to give you all glory, honor, and praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.